This is the Arise Ministries Collective Podcast, where we seek to equip and encourage the body of Christ in biblical truth and understanding. We believe that when women have an authentic and growing relationship with Jesus Christ, truly know God's Word, and are dependent on the Holy Spirit, they become powerful and influential vessels for the kingdom. I'm Lisa De Silva, and today we're finishing our in-between series with two young women who are such beautiful examples of this. They study the word, they know Christ, and they wholeheartedly engage in the world around them for his glory. When Jess and Amanda came to me several months ago, they shared an idea God had placed on their hearts and in their mind, and not knowing how it would look in the end. and even a little afraid to get started, they felt like they needed to step out of their comfort zone to encourage and exhort other single women like themselves with biblical truth. I can't be more proud of their commitment to see this project through from beginning to end, for their willingness to take a risk and for the wisdom that they share with every one of us listening. These roommates wrap up our three-part series with my absolute favorite one of them all. Today, they're talking about finding your mission, God's mission really in the in-between or whatever season you might be in. They remind us that we already have been called and give us action steps to move into God's purpose for our lives. Once again, Jess and Amanda use scripture and personal stories to help us understand what that might look like from their sofa in Portland, Oregon. I'm excited for you to listen in on their final conversation. All right, friends, welcome back. So I do have a confession to make before we start. I, I, I definitely, <laughs> I, I think I said thoughts and started with thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what just happened. So I just, whoever said making a podcast was easy, well, they, they had some other issues. <laughs> so uh, that being said, welcome. We're so pleased to be back here with you one more time uh, talking about our three-part series in between. I know that I personally hope that this has been a sweet time of reflection for you. And um, Amanda and I, when we started this, our thought was that if we could just get one person to listen, then we'd be set. Um, and God has more than provided with listeners. And we would encourage you to, uh, to just send this to anyone you feel it might be relevant for. Because honestly, we were just praying about strong single women and, and men too. Yeah. We, didn't, we didn't address the men's yeah. for you men. This honestly is just to encourage you. Um, so for our last podcast, we're going to be addressing the concept of finding your mission in the in-between space two part. Um, so our mission is core heart values and core mission and how it leads into a disciple making disciples of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's like boots and cats. And boots and cats. <laughs> <laughs> that is like the rat. <laughs> Apparently Amanda so I am going to be covering the core heart values with you today. And just the first thing that came to mind for me when just looking through core heart values and finding your mission in this time and the in-between was um, the verse Romans 8, 28. And it's and we know that God works all things for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Mm. And reading that for myself, it was just like, I have been called. Yeah. We have all been called. Mm-hmm. And 
there's so much beauty in that that calling is unique to each of us and yeah, according to his purpose, according to God's purpose. So pursuing your calling in Christ. And and what does that mean? And it's so, I just feel like Christians, we bunny trail down this whole, um, the sovereignty of God. And like, mm, yeah. where does that, where do I belong in that? And where do I fit in that? Like, I was always jealous of my friends in college <clears throat> because they, some of them, not all of them, some of them were like, my calling is to be a doctor and I'm mm-hmm. going after this, I'm going to graduate and I'm going to go to medical school. I'm going to do my residency yeah. and they're doing the next thing that's set ahead of them. It's like focus. Yeah. yeah. And, and when you don't have that next thing set ahead mm-hmm. of you and you're in that space of uncertainty, mm-hmm. well, how do you determine the sovereignty of God? Like what mm-hmm. is the will of God in your life? And mm-hmm. so... There is some comfort in that you have already been called. You've been called according to God's purpose. And so that's kind of what we're going to dive into today is just, well, so what's the purpose? Like, what is the mission behind Mm -hmm. that? And so there actually is a book called Just Do Something. You know, some people agree or disagree theologically with um, where the author is at, but it's the idea of just doing the next best thing as it comes and trusting that God's sovereign hand will guide you. He will shut it down if it's not meant to be. And I would say that for the most part, that's kind of how I try to live my life. I don't have a specific, I'm going to be a doctor. I never did have those kinds of plans for my life. And so for me, partially was just um learning to proceed like just pick an option like god if god has if you're in a space friends where god has blessed you with so many options Mm. sometimes you just pick an option right and you do it i think with wise counsel right and is it in alignment with scripture yeah but sometimes you pick one and proceed with it and you trust that god will guide you if that's not where you're meant to go. Yeah. What do you think? Do you- I mean, I think, yeah, I think it's true. I think even as I've kind of experientially told you some of the things that I've walked through, that that's, yeah. that's sometimes what God has led me through. And it's, I would say, and I don't know if this is kind of, um, yeah, part of what you're talking about, that there's, there's a different stretching of faith in that, that mm. it's not less than or more than, I think, in, in someone that is very clearly like God has, told me to go do this this is very clear presented to me but it's, it's a different stretching of faith that i honestly the yeah. picture i'm getting is like pizza dough <laughs> like it's like stretching out and you're like oh i'm being made into a little pizza pie okay <laughs> but it's <laughs> stretching you in different yeah. ways of faith yeah yeah i think for me the biggest fear is the fear of failure mm-hmm. it's the fear yeah, that yeah. my plans are going to just go kaput and then I will basically have to move back home and I'll have to, you know, do all those things that we're so afraid of failing. Um, And I was reading, John Mark Comer is a pastor up here for Bridgetown Church in Portland and he has a book called Loveology and um, I think we agree, disagree on like certain (laughs) parts of the book, but there's a quote from him actually in his chapter on singleness that I actually would really like to read and share with you. And it, it says, don't let life happen to you. Do something with your life. Go to college, travel the world, get letters after your name, write a novel, start a business, a nonprofit or both. Move to a poor part of town and serve those in need. Mm-hmm. Try something, fail, fail again. Follow that part of your heart that you're scared to let out. Mm-hmm. Just do something good, something that matters. 
something that that's about God's kingdom, not your comfort. Justice, shalom, partner with God for the healing of the world. Yeah. I think the part that stuck out to me was um, follow that part of your heart that you're scared to let out. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading that and just wondering, like, what what part of my heart? And I think what I want to encourage you in is that God will be faithful to provide for you. Because when I read that, a couple weeks later, I had a friend text me asking me to join this running group with women at um, part of Portland Rescue Mission is Shepherd's Door. And so I... Mm-hmm. I started running and helping train eight women for a half marathon. And that was really scary because I was like, I don't know them. They don't know me. They're going to think I'm a creep. So (laughs) yeah, God was faithful to provide when I, I read that. And I think that faithfulness is like a continued dependence on him every day that God will be faithful to provide, not just today or not just for the next couple weeks, but every day. Yeah. I also do think we have a tendency to think like, okay, Romans 8, 28. Well, that's, well and good, but what what about me personally? And what's what's my mission personally? Yeah. Um, where do I fit into the the grand tapestry, basically? Yeah. And for me, I was pondering the parable of the persistent widow in Luke eighteen one through eight. And this parable is about a judge who lacks compassion and is constantly besought by a widow for justice against her adversary. And there isn't much else that's provided in those eight sentences, but. One way that it's interpreted by scholars is just about the importance of persistence prayer. And so I I think like being persistent in persevering and beseeching God in your requests and in your prayers. And one area you could beseech God is regarding your mission in life. And we trust that God will be faithful to provide whatever that is for you and that next step. Mm -hmm. And kind of on God's faithfulness. I feel like I'm doing this in segments of like, so say this and so, so, but, but in terms of God being faithful to provide, I feel like a great example that I want to share for my life is I feel like the theme for my life for, for 27 has been the three words I will provide. For example, my, my family this past Christmas all picked a word that we wanted to be our theme for the year. And this was like prior to Corona and prior to protests and prior to all, all, what was that? Wildfires here in Oregon and Washington and California. And, um, just feels like now is a turbulent time, but, um, Mm -hmm. prior to all of this, the word that I had chose for 2020 was hope. And I know that we joke that 2020 is like a trash can year and, Mm. you know, it's just, one of those years that you try to forget about, but I chose hope. And I feel like that has been such just a good theme for Hmm. 2020 for me personally. So God, God is faithful to provide for us friends. And I also think too, in terms of just direction and biblical direction, like what as a woman, and I'm going to just speak to the ladies. So men, I'm sorry, but um, (laughs) as a woman, like where, so you're like, okay, great. I'm going to beseech God for my calling. I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to pursue things and trust that God will be faithful to shut down what isn't meant to happen. Um, I'm going to, you know, seek biblical counsel and stay in the word. Uh, Another area I think that might be good, um, good for reference is the Proverbs 31 woman. And I'm going to argue that you don't need to be married to be the Proverbs 31 (laughs) woman, um, because I know that she is married in um, in the text. So, which I loved that you were like challenging. I had never thought about that way. And when you were presenting, you're like, do you think there's, I'm like, Oh, Oh, I hadn't even, I love that. I love that there's that challenge to 
to dive in in that way. Well, I used to just like growing up and and reading that passage. I grew up in a Christian household and um, reading that passage, I was always like, she is so unattainable. (laughs) I'm not. I'm never going to get there. But I feel encouraged by it now. I feel Mm. what I love, too, that I want to know is never once does this passage say that she's pretty. Like and, and I just... I, this passage focuses on the deeper things in a woman um, and the things that I find and are kind of, I guess, inspired by is that this woman is resourceful. She's prepared. She is financially stable. She's physically strong. Um, every day she's toiling for the good of her family. She's a hard worker for um I think I already said that, but <laughs> she's wise and she helps her husband be recognized. And, and in that shows humility. So yeah, um, I, I, regardless of, you know, if you need to be married or not married in this passage, um, I still think these are all good things to add to your mission. Good things that, um, attribute to your heart. And they're beautiful because they're mirrored after what God has for us. Not that physicality pretty, but that beauty that's from character. Yes. I love like, I, and you know, I think about just like women, I know that exemplify this in some ways. Mm. And there's something, yes, they're, they're lovely on the outside, but sure. the inside I think is what draws people to them. Mm. Like there's reasons that we have specific people that we want to hang around because they radiate Christ in mm. these ways. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think those heart issues are um, really where we always start for sure. And I, I love, yeah, just those challenges. I, I, I think what, yeah, leads into me talking about sort of the action part of mission, like what we do with those changes, how we encounter this heart work in our lives, and um, we're coming before the Lord, and we're just needing to to really say, but what does your word say? What do you have for me? I think that's even the question you pose of what do I do with this space of persistently coming before you in prayer, and with with taking the, the next mm-hmm. step and with saying, I'm going to do the next thing. I, I think something I've learned and that I think it's good to start with um, is what is your identity based on? Is it based on being what you want, what others want for you, <laughs> the things that you do, who you are dating or not dating, the things you long for, or is it based on who Jesus says you are? Because I think when we put our identity in things we shouldn't, we lose sight of why we're here. And that translates to any and every situation we find ourselves in or in this version, in between. Um, then after that, I want to discuss the desires we have and the faith we're called to. So so I think my, my mission kind of um, movement is, is about, um, and the second part is, is really focused on identity, um, our desires and faith. Um, so I, I really want to start with the fact that as a Christian, you're a disciple of Jesus. Like, I get it. That we know this. We hear these words. But to be a disciple, an apprentice, or a student of Jesus' ways, means that you're to follow in what he did and what he calls us or, or you to. Um, that's if you're a married disciple or a single disciple, this is the mission that God has for us. And I'm going to share a couple different verses that I speak that I think speaks to what this is. Um, there's actually a book I was reading, and I think I talked to you about it a little bit. It's, it's really the only book I've read on Christian dating, and it talks about the importance of seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness from Matthew 6, 33. Um, we see at the end of that verse, it says, and all these things will be added to you. Um, I just want to, you know, clarify this is a prescriptive morality stance. That, or the verse like, delight yourself in yeah. the Lord and he will give you the desires of your yeah. heart. Yeah. It's not a do this and you get that. Do mm-hmm. good for God and you'll be married. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you actually look at them contextually and when you see what, 
what we're talking about. It's alignment of our hearts. When we seek first his kingdom, <laughs> he provides in such amazing ways because when we align with him, his desires will become our desires. Mm -hmm. Seeking his kingdom to come shifts our perspective outside of just a small bubble of desire. Um, and, and that desire, again, we've talked about in between doesn't just mean singleness. It could be a desire for whatever we're waiting for. Um, so when we shift outside of that, that bubble, um, we know that he, he is going to shift our perspective uh, because he is the God who keeps his promises and he is the God who provides. He is Jehovah Jireh. I agree with that, though, about identity, that when you fixate on other things, like the things of heaven and, and like your mission grow dim and you you yeah. fixate more on your selfishness. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I just really resonate with that. And it is. I think that I know we I think I gave this caveat when I was speaking in our last or even the first um, podcast that it and I think we talked about it with Lisa even, too, is mm -hmm. that we don't say this as in just go and do go get busy or something like that. But it's a reframing of your heart. That it's not just look outside yourself and look to others, but that when we do that, that mission can just grow dim when we're just like, yeah. it's me and my problems and my yep. desire. And so the, the biblical narrative that I actually wanted to talk to, because there's a few different things I want to bring up, but I think when we look at mission, <laughs> the biggest biblical narrative I saw was actually the story of Jesus, <laughs> which there there's tons of believers who are single in the Bible that God used. Like if we were to actually like discredit that God can use or doesn't value the single believer, mm -hmm. We would be, I mean, we'd be cutting out a lot of really important narratives. Mm -hmm. um, but the mission of Jesus is what our faith is faith is based off of, um, which, yeah, hey, hi, super familiar context. But in one sentence, we can zoom it out and look at the lens of the gospel. Jesus was sent to earth by the Father, singular in his focus, with a heart to love and point those he encountered to the truth and the one holy God, his Father. He left instructions then uh, to his disciples living at the time with him uh, to do the same. And so we're going to take a look at a few of those verses that speak to what Jesus instructed his disciples to do. Uh, the first one, you know, is John 3, 16. No, uh. no, no, no. <laughs> is, is the, the Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Okay. Uh, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And, and Jess, you know, I'm, this is like, I'm like, oh, sold out, great commission. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to dig into it in that lens of like, evangelism, like missions, like, because I, I think one big thing for me to delineate, um, in the original Greek that Matthew was written in, this book was written in, go isn't translated as like, go somewhere. Like, yes, it does talk about all nations, but it actually translates to as you are going. And mm. so I kind of, I think that you can take that as, as you are going. So you are in between, as you are single, as you are wherever God provides you to be in life make disciples and teach yeah. them. Oh, I like that. And so there, there's a couple others that, that these are very clear, the commandments, instructions Jesus gave to his disciples. So John 20, 21. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the father sent me, I am sending you. Matthew four nineteen, And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And Mark sixteen fifteen, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Um, I think what summates all these is, is I think in a sermon I'd mentioned to you that there's this one line like takeaway that really got my heart, which is the line live sent and that we hold these desires. Like God knows we have these deep heart desires in that we still have a calling. We have a calling every day and a purpose and a mission we're called to every day because our identity is to be a disciple of Jesus. It's not to be a 
almost this or a girlfriend or a soon to be wife. Like those are all good things and those are okay things to desire, but they're not our core identity. And Mm. our identity as a disciple of Jesus is to point others to the truth of who he Mm. is. So I want to lean in for um, just a second and talk about those desires that we have and the faith that we're called to. Um, the faith we have in Jesus, that he will fulfill his promises. Um, the all too familiar tagline is, but God never promised me a husband. Yes. I mean, I, 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 put, I, 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 mean, I was in this place, but really God is challenging my faith in that right now and mm-hmm. how, how that working out works with believing God is good and believing he keeps his promises. Um, and, and this is what he's just been rocking my world with. Um, I have some relational stuff that um, I'd love to share, but first I want to start with where we should look when we don't know what to do in light of waiting or having desires and, and with this mission that God has given us as, as children and, and Jesus' disciples. Um, first, I want to speak out something. I think I and maybe you, Jess, um, have mentioned that exists, and, and without saying it in a placating way uh, to you listeners, your situation is not a mistake. Um, which I know we say so often, um, but I, there's encouragement in the fact that your story is not the status quo for a reason. Mm-hmm. God has called you to be a witness different than the couples in our society. And there's joy in this. And there, I think it's, it's again, not in that placating, like just take joy ambiguous. I think knowing like that calling, like you were talking in Romans that we are called that God knows us and that he, he is a good God. Um, if you have trouble getting there, believing that, I would give you the encouragement, of course, you know, bring this to the Lord, lay it at his feet. Mm. I think when we get honest and real with God is where we always have to start. Um, I'd also encourage you to look at the scriptures in Hebrews 11. And I was telling you about this just a couple days ago that I, I had to put this in here because yeah. it just ties in with the, the desires we have and, and promises unfulfilled and the faith that we're called to have. And this passage discusses the faith of the disciples of Christ um, and, and how they had this faith and the faithfulness of God's provision um, in their lives. So I'm not going to read through the entire chapter of Hebrews 11 because there's a lot. <laughs> but if you, I, that's, oh, if you could just read through this. And, and for me, it's, it puts so much of um, Old Testament families and just characters within the Bible in perspective of just zoomed out lens. And, and so we see the, the phrase by faith just yeah. used so many times in this opening. And so I'm going to go through, it's by faith, Abel, by faith, Noah, by faith, Enoch, by faith, Noah, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Sarah, by faith, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, by faith, the Israelites, by faith, Rahab, Gideon, Brock, Samson, Jebeheth. I can never say his name right. Um, all of those people were living by faith. And then I think where I really want to key into is, is first off verses 13 through 16. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland, if they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Then I also want to key into verse 39 and 40. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. I think my takeaway from that is, again, not that we, there are things that God certainly has promised. And then there are things that we believe by faith because Mm -hmm. they're desires of our heart. 
Um, but I think what I see in, in those passages, 13 through 16 and 39 to 40, is however God chooses to redeem himself, to hold fast to the promise that he will fulfill the desires of our heart, if it is not what we see here and now, it is for a better thing. It is for a better purpose it, in, in his heart and what he has aligned for us, that God is a good God. He prepares the best for you as his child. We seek the kingdom. We seek the promise. We hold fast to the assurance that should God choose to provide differently, it is something better for you. And I just, that that's so, for me, seeing these verses and seeing these characters and seeing that narrative that God chose to provide and his faithfulness to remind us just is so encouraging to me to see it in that way. So I would um, just encourage you to, to read about those. And if you don't know the backstory of some of those characters, as they're referred to here, to even go back in, in those Old Testament stories and look at at like the nuances there, because I think a lot of them are um, even, yeah, they can just relate in different ways through different seasons we're in. Um, so part of the backstory, what I'm going to talk about here is uh, I by no means have arrived. <laughs> I want to just acknowledge, but this, this topic of mission is something that God has really taught me through the last few years of my life. And I, I was that girl looking for vision, for mission. And essentially for years, I was asking God to show me the purpose he had for me in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a travel nurse, single, I was independent, and really I was willing to go wherever God wanted me to go um, in, in the country. But something I didn't realize that I wasn't willing to do was actually give up my life um, and give up things that, for me, it was the comfort of life that I mm-hmm. clung to. And I, I think I've talked to you about that for sure. That was um, and can be still an idol for me is comfort. I wanted my life to look well accomplished. The apartment I should have, the car I should have, the guys who met certain like non-core issue marks, I wanted my life to look like success. Um, but it wasn't until God brought an amazing sister, my Lord, in in the Lord, in my life, in my Lord, <laughs> brought this amazing sister in the Lord into my life, um, who showed me the excitement that exists when you live out the mission God has us here for. Mm. Um, and. I, I wrote out a letter and I kind of phrased this to you. I'm like, is this going to sound cheesy or no, weird? But I yeah. just, I write letters. That's kind of, I feel like I It's can... her love language, my <laughs> listeners. She leaves me all sorts of post-its on the cabinets. And yep, yeah, it's how Amanda <laughs> loves people. It's easier for me to convey my words, I realize, in writing it out than just sort of like, I mean, I, I like talking, yeah. obviously. But <laughs> so I, I wrote this letter and um, I, I wrote it honestly from the context of what I would say to for me, my, my 23, 24, 25-year-old self, um, or to friends that I've, I've had these discussions with, um, and, and for each of you listeners, I, I just hope that it will speak to your heart, and I pray that it will encourage you and however God may use it. So, um, my dear friend, if you could only know the life that awaits you, when you open your heart to see the greatest need, the greatest call, the greatest joy, that we are co-laborers with Christ, each one of us. First and foremost, in your life, you are not a girlfriend, a wife, a whatever. You are a child of God and a disciple of Jesus Christ. All the things in your life you can get busy with, they they aren't necessarily bad at all. While there is a great joy when you get a taste of the purpose God has for your life. Your life, in the in-between, in waiting, maybe waiting again, has purpose and a call. It's going to be scary at first. You will have to be willing to put down some of the walls and boundaries you've made. Maybe some of those things that you may have created to feign safety or control. Laying down your idols, taking up your cross, and following Jesus is costly. But I'm telling you, the joy of obedience will return that price tenfold. Hmm. The comfort zone of club Christianity is not the point of the gospel. If the first disciples did not live out the mission God had for them as disciples of Christ, 
we would not know about Jesus ourselves. The command is given to each of us, not specifically those gifted or those called, because you are a child of God. You are a co-laborer, and you are called to the mission of sharing Christ. The commission can have many different methods, but I urge you to get in there. Discomfort is likely where it starts, and once you taste that joy of purpose in which God has for you to live out each and every day, there is no going back. In fact, getting in there might be doing the thing that scares you the most. Because some of you might believe this work is only for certain, only for gifted or called, instead of the amazing soul-filling work that is for every child of God. You have a mission before you. God has created you in specific ways to live this out. He has crafted your heart and your story to testify of the saving grace of his kingdom. You're not here for your own glory. You are here for his glory. Whether you are single or will end up married, this mission is what God has before you. What your life looks like this day is not a mistake. There are hard days, and there is an eternal perspective that can shift our vision for the mission we are called to. When you see people encounter the gospel, accept prayer, accept Jesus into their lives, you will never want to go back to the zoomed-in perspective that your life is only about a relationship, a marriage, Mm. an apartment, or a life of comfort. So I just, yeah, guys, this is a lot. This is a lot that we've talked about in um, these three series um but i just want to thank you for listening we, mm-hmm. we really appreciate it and the encouragement um that some of you've given us as as we're figuring this out because yeah we're very much <laughs> figuring this out um and of course we're thankful to god for this opportunity to, to just talk yes. to you all um i i honestly wish i could i was even just jess and i were talking before we started if we could tell you the story of how this even came to fruition like god is just so cool and maybe if we connect not over this lollipop microphone um, we can tell you about that story of how this happened. Reach um, out. Seriously, yeah, reach yeah. out to us. We, we want to know. We want to hear from you. And we just love that through this, I mean, from my heart, God has just shown me that he's so faithful and he answers prayers. We we pray that God will be glorified through the series and that your heart will be encouraged that you're not alone. Because again, we know what, like not a lot, like a lot of this is not new information, but we're going through it with you. And, and that's why we wanted to present what we've been learning. Um, we're in between, but we are not lost with the mission yeah. God has for us. Mm-hmm. Um, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Yeah. We love you, friends. Bye, friends. Bye. Hey, this is Lisa De Silva again, and it is my absolute honor to be the co-founder and director of Arise. As a listener, reader, workshop participant, podcast guest, writer, whatever it is you do alongside us, you are an active member of this community. It's why we called it a collective, and we're so glad to have you as a vital part of it. Our prayer is that everything we do at Arise will serve as an encouragement and resource as you grow in your own understanding of the word draw near to Christ, and share conversations with women about glorifying God through their own spiritual journey. Arise Ministries Collective is a non-profit ministry operating on the generous donations of people like you. We simply can't do what we do without you. And as we grow and begin to reach more women for God's kingdom purpose, so does our need for financial support. If you would like to make a one-time or recurring monthly tax-deductible gift, click the donate button on our website to give and be sure to include your email and mailing address so we can stay in touch and send you a year-end receipt for your generosity. 
Thank you for supporting Arise Ministries Collective. To God be the glory.